another episode of the Dino Talk Podcast. Nick, Jesse, and Logan back again. Another episode tonight. I th- I think we have a fun one. It's hot takes. We're here to drop our hot takes, bold predictions. Here to air it all out. We're going to roast each other down the line for these, and it's going to be fun. Sorry we didn't record last week. We were a little busy, but tonight we're back and we're ready. And you know what? I'm hosting. I'm going to start with my own. First hot take is the Indianapolis Colts will have the number one pick in next year's draft. Some people might be like, oh, well, what about the Cardinals? What about the Texans? I think the Colts are going to be pretty bad. I am worried about Anthony Richardson and his passing. I mean, I for one, I, I thought about saying Anthony Richardson wasn't going to finish in the top three of the rookie QB rankings. But guess what? I, I think he could rush for a decent amount. I came around. I think he could rush for 800 yards, eight touchdowns, and be okay as a fantasy quarterback. But guess what? That doesn't really matter when it comes to winning games. Like, I I don't think he's going to pass well enough to win. And I'm, I have a lot of concerns about their overall talent level of their team. Like, their offensive line isn't great. I don't even think their defense is that great. And I think a rookie quarterback who has not played much football and who just, I think, really needs a lot of work, I think they're going to struggle. And I think the Cardinals, I do think they'll struggle. But I think in the end, the Colts are just not going to be good. And there's going to be a lot of stuff about, is Anthony Richardson the problem or is it his receivers? Everyone's going to blame the receivers. They've already started doing it. But I think Richardson just has a lot of work to do. And like how this pertains to dynasty is after a year in which a team has a number one pick, like questions are going to be asked all over the place. There's a prospect, Caleb Williams, who everyone's a huge fan of. And if the Colts have the number one pick and they struggle, Anthony Richardson struggles, like, are they going to just be like, oh, we got Anthony Richardson. It doesn't matter. Or are they going to be like, you know what? We have a generational guy right here who we can't pass up. And I think that's a legit possibility that they look to move on if this opportunity presents itself, because deciding to build around Anthony Richardson when you have a generational prospect sitting right there, I think would be a mistake. And like Michael Pittman, these other guys, I think, I mean, who knows what the future holds for them. But yeah, Colts, number one pick next year's draft. I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of Richardson, but uh, yeah, it is it is a relatively hot take because of, like you said, the Texans, the, the Cardinals. Some people think the Cardinals cut Colt McCoy just so that they could uh tank for the number one pick but i have a feeling you're gonna bring that up later so uh yeah i mean no can't can't uh can't hate on that take too much i'm uh i kind of believe you might th- go throw a bet down also based on everything i've seen colt mccoy was absolutely brutal in training camp in the preseason and had nothing left in his arm so i i'm not as one like i'm not one who thinks that they're getting rid of colt mccoy just to tank based on everything I've seen. So I think the Cardinals moved him away to get a little bit better at the quarterback position is my thought on it. Yeah, no, I completely understand that. Watching Colt McCoy try to 
throw passes to DeAndre Hopkins in the past year was one of the most miserable things I've ever seen. But yeah, I don't know about that take though, just because I feel like Trent Richardson's been known to keep people in games. I mean, obviously at the time of filming this, it looks like the Florida Gators still need him to keep him in the Utah game. Just like last year, it's uh, the time of recording Utah's winning 24 to 11 Graham. Graham Mertz isn't looking too good, but I just feel like the wheels that Anthony Richardson has makes him completely relevant. And honestly, playing the Texans in their schedule is always a, a bonus as well. Yeah, no, I understand that. I I think Richardson does have some good qualities. Like he's a pretty good runner. Like I I think he's kind of a generational athlete. And he also is very good at like avoiding pass rush which is very good but with no jonathan taylor like that was the big part and i didn't even mention that is i don't think jonathan taylor is going to play for the colts this year and for an offense that's already going to be a bad passing offense if they don't have a running back like him back there like how do like how do we know anthony richardson is going to be able to rush like that like a team's going to key in on his rushing ability like if there's no run game like it's just like it's going to be all on him and i just don't know that he's ready for that yeah, no, I completely agree. I feel I feel like the worst part about looking at the Indianapolis Colts is just like you look at their schedule. They have some conference games to like start off the year. They got the Jaguars, Texans, Ravens. But it's like if Anthony Richardson starts the season and losing two conference games, I think that they would have a better record if they benched him right after that. So I feel like that's the only problem with your hot take is if they bench Anthony Richardson early because he's messing up their conference record, that could throw a wrench in your plan. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm with you there. I, I just think that Dick, (laughs) honestly, I mean, that, that is a thought, but I I just think the Colts are all in on his development to where they're going to focus more on, Anthony Richardson getting playing time, getting that experience to where, like, if they played Gardner, they'd win more games. But I still don't think they'd win enough to get in the playoffs, which is, like, the ultimate goal, which is why I think they're just going to ride him out. But, sorry, talking a lot about this. Uh, Jesse, you want to come in hot here? Yeah, yeah, no no problem at all here. I mean, I I don't know how hot of a take it is, but uh, I'm just I'm, – I'm big on Adam Thielen this year. Uh, his experience with uh, with Bryce Young, I know everyone's hyped up on Jonathan Mingo um, and that rookie to rookie connection, but I don't know. My uh, I, I think uh, my hot take is that Adam Thielen is going to be, uh, you know, back to his old self, a touchdown machine and uh, in fantasy football. I think we could see him as a top 18 receiver again, kind of going in that uh, wide receiver two range, like upper, upper tier of wide receiver two. Um yeah, I mean, just with his his insane red zone efficiency and, you know, Bryce Young, the red zones especially where, you know, he's going to need that veteran presence. And I can just see him kind of being that touchdown machine that he was back in the day. So, um, yeah, that that's kind of my my hot take, uh, at least with my, my first one here. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I mean, especially if he's a guy that like that's reliable for Bryce Young early, like they're not going to take that away from him. Like that's the thought is if if Thielen struggles, like they're probably going to go with the youth youth movement. But if like Thielen's reliable, they're winning. Like I I think the Panthers are going to be better than people think. Like they have a good defense, and I think Bryce is like he's young, he's small, but like that dude is tough as nails, and I think he's pretty advanced as a passer. And I'm. I'm not a Jonathan Mingo guy. Like I, 
I don't really see him factoring in too much, like long term. Like he was a number two wide receiver for a battle miss team, and the guy that was the number one wide receiver was a fifth year guy who he actually made the Packers team, but just not a fan. And I I could see it with Thielen. Yeah, no, I completely agree with this take. I I feel like I don't really have any complaints. I just feel like I don't know how high Adam Thielen Adam Thielen's uh, ceiling is this year per se. I mean. I don't know what kind of season you're looking out like for him, but I definitely think Bryce Young, his rookie year is going to show out. His pocket presence is amazing. His intelligence is there. I definitely feel like I am skeptical of Miles Sanders there, so maybe that'll lead to more passing, and you know they'll let Adam Thielen shine, especially with having like Shy Tuttle, Brian Burns, and J.C. Horn on the defensive side. He'll definitely get a lot of time to shine on the offensive role. So. Hopefully Adam Thielen does break out that way. Hell yeah. Thanks, boys. All right, Logan, your turn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're like, well, if I didn't get any pushback for that one. Um, yeah, so I feel like my first hot take, I mean, shoot. Well, let's see here. Um, yeah, so – Dang, I kind of thought you were going to go with uh, Bryce Young with that last take, but you've pivoted to Adam Thielen. And um, my hot take is talking about offensive rookie of the year. And a lot of uh, heat's coming on Bijan for basically being able to be able to run away with that award. I'm kind of leaning towards a sleeper pick with saying Jordan Addison could be the offensive rookie of the year because his situation in Minnesota is actually insane. Like, I think Kirk Cousins is such a – 4,000 yard baseline quarterback and Kirk has only had like one option. They got TJ, you know, halfway like week nine of last season or whatever. And I feel like not having Dalvin cook as a running back either kind of just opens it up a little bit. I mean, I'm not the biggest Alexander Madison supporter. Maybe he's going to pop off, but I just feel like having a solidified receiver too. And Jordan Addison is going to put him in a position to have like, kind of like a Garrett Wilson-like season. Hopefully he gets more touchdowns. I mean, Garrett Wilson popped off for like 1,100 yards, four touchdowns, and I feel like Jordan Addison can easily mirror that. But I definitely think Bijan's going to be put in a spot too where it's like, I mean, he's going to be an amazing receiving back, but he's also got Tyler Algier, who's a complete power back. So who knows if they're going to go back to like the Texas Roshan Johnson kind of look where they got power and they got Bijan being a complete agile monster. But I don't know. What do you guys think about that? I hate to do this because I <laughs> just said I didn't hate Jesse's, but I, I really like that take. I I thought right away that Jordan Addison like is going into the perfect situation for a rookie wide receiver. Um, I do think rookie of the year is gonna be tough, like especially playing opposite Jefferson and they just signed Hawkinson. I think they overpaid him. That's just me. And I think Addison should have a really good year. And I, I think, yeah, he's going to be the best rookie wide receiver. I mean, Adam Thielen got peppered with targets like crazy last year. I mean, he wasn't that great with it, but it's just like everyone thinks they just have Justin Jefferson and it's just like, like he's going to get all the targets, but there's a lot like they, they're going to pass a lot. I don't think Madison's going to dominate, like you said. And, but I, I think rookie of the year is going to be tough because like a Bijan and also the quarterbacks, like if, especially if like Jesse's comes true and Bryce plays well, but I mean, I, I don't hate it because I, I think Addison's a good player and he's in a pretty good situation to rack up some yards. 
I hate it. <laughs> uh, but uh, I mean, in, in all honesty, though, I just exactly what Nick pointed out was that they just paid Hawkinson. I mean, they, they signed him and they overpaid him. So, I mean, it could lean more towards he's going to be the number two target in the offense. And then that kind of leaves like, where is Addison? I mean, Hawkinson was able to do it last year. Like you said, after week nine, Hawkinson was a pretty efficient wide receiver, too. So, I mean, not wide receiver, too. He was a pretty efficient, uh, I mean, essentially wider yeah it was a uh, number two option yeah thank you thank you very much and uh yeah so i don't know i mean does the rookie i mean it, i i don't know i don't know if i'm a big enough believer in his in addison's talent is what it comes down to is uh is i still believe in the experience of hawkinson and then i think that justin jefferson is gonna eat up so many targets that it may it ends up making it kind of hard i mean look at t higgins it's like nick's pointed out with t higgins you know i mean an insane talent, but he's never been over a wide receiver 18 on a season. And I mean, granted, I mean, that would probably be rookie rookie offensive player of the year, to be fair. If he's wide receiver 18 on fan in fantasy, he's, he's probably rookie, like at least like competing for the rookie offensive uh, player of the year. So, I mean, that that's fair take, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I just see the obstacles and uh, it is a hot take. It is a hot take. It's a little hotter than mine. So I'll give you credit there. Yeah, I was going to say, I think the beautiful thing about T. Higgins, though, is he's got Tyler Boyd in the receiver three option, who actually has like crazy amounts of yards for being a receiver three. But well, I just feel, well, that's the thing is I feel like being a tight end, he might be schemed a little bit more for like red zone targets and mid mid yardage plays. But I, I could see Jordan Addison with his route running abilities, just pulling away 20 yard targets easily. But I don't know. I feel yeah, like if yeah. I'm thinking of a long shot offensive rookie of the year. I, I, besides a quarterback, like a skilled player. I mean, I really, I really like thinking about Jordan Addison doing that with this situation. Yeah, no, that's fair. I, I also am a rookie of the year, uh hater of anyone other than Clayton tune, because I have a little bet in my wallet right now. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But Hey, I'll, uh, I'll send it on over to Nick for the second. Uh, unless you, did you have anything else to say, Logan? Oh, no, that's it. I mean, I, would like to know a little bit more about this bet, though. Hey, we'll we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, <laughs> Sounds good. I'll I'll go into my next one here, and the year two wide receivers, like as rookies last year, like they had some pretty good guys there. I mean, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, like Drake London, Jahan Dotson, um, Burks did some. Like we we had some nice like year one wide receivers and year one production. But my prediction is Garrett Wilson is going to finish the highest out of those year two wide receivers. And my bold prediction is the second best fantasy option of the year two wide receivers. is going to be Sky Moore wide receiver for the Kansas city chiefs. I've talked about it quite a bit on this podcast and I'm a, I'm a big Sky Moore guy. And I'll admit his his first year numbers were not great. Like he he did get some playing time, but I I think they had some veteran receivers, although not great guys that made enough plays to where they didn't go all in on Sky. And Kelsey's going to be their top guy. And like a lot of people predict that this offense is going to be like Travis Kelsey, and then just like the next like it's going to be a different guy every week. But I think. Patrick Mahomes is starving for a wide receiver one, a wide receiver that he can rely on 
on third down and on big plays, like a guy that you can get the ball to and they'll make a play. Like a lot rely like they rely a lot on Patrick Mahomes and his ability to make magic happen. And I think getting Sky Moore the ball a lot will really help that offense. And I think he's a guy that will finish I, I, I could see him having like 80, 90 catches on the season. And I I think he'll get over a thousand yards and like he can get touchdowns enough to where I think I think he can really Finished pretty well in, uh, as a wide receiver in fantasy. I, I think he could push top 12 in fantasy. I think that's probably a hot take, but I th- I think he can kind of get up there to where it's just like he's a reliable, consistent player. And I think behind Garrett Wilson, I think he edges out Chris Olave, Drake London, Jahan Dobson, and the year two wide receivers. Sky Moore, wide receiver two out of the year two wide receivers. That's why we call it hot takes, baby. Let's go. Uh, yeah, I mean, you've always been a Sky Moore guy. Um, obviously, have talked me into it a little bit, and uh, it's been beneficial. Uh, yeah, I mean, his value obviously um, has has risen a ton just because of the idea of uh, the wide receiver one for Patrick Mahomes, you know, whoever that is, is going to be uh, someone that's valuable in fantasy. And right now it's looking like Sky Moore. So, I mean – no matter what, he's going to be great value. And I don't think it's, it's, you know, um, crazy to believe that the wide receiver one of Patrick Mahomes is going to be, you know, up there for the top 12 wide receiver in the league. So yeah, can't, can't hate on this take. Yeah. So I, I definitely do like this take. I feel like uh, you can look at a, a lot of different ways. I mean, does Kadarius Tony have one healthy season? Does Marquez Valdez Scantling do anything? Uh, does Sky Moore, you know, get out of his rookie year and uh, climb the ladders of the Andy Reid receiving core and uh, finally get that receiver one action. I feel like the, the, the absolute ceiling of Sky Moore this year, I feel like is what Christian Kirk did last year. He gets 1100 yards. Well, I can't remember what it was five to eight touchdowns. People think he's good. He gets a crazy contract, but Sky Moore is doing it on his rookie contract. I feel like with Patrick Mahomes target share, I feel like, I mean, it could be kind of hard if he's not honing it into him, but I feel like Sky Moore has done his dirty work to finally, you know, start eating. So, I, I mean, I agree. I think he's really good at route running, and I really feel like he's in an ideal sp- spot with Kadarius Tony. Uh, so, yeah, I completely agree. I don't have any complaints about that one. I changed my mind. Also, I do hate it because Kadarius Tony, baby – Kadarius Tony, if exactly what you pointed out, Logan. If he has a healthy season, that's the thing. We're already writing it off like, ah, oh, Kadarius Tony, he's probably not going to be healthy. I mean, I'm kind of – I'm starting to believe a little bit too. You know, it's a little bit – it's just – it is what it is. I mean, I have the guy, the other guy on this podcast chatting chatting my my DMs and everything else all the time, talking talking uh, crap about Kadarius Tony and how he's not going to – not going to stay healthy. So I guess it's crept into my mind a little bit. That kind of made me forget, but you're absolutely right, Logan. If Kadarius Tony stays healthy, a horrible take, Logan. I can't, or so hor- Nick, sorry, sorry. <laughs> horrible take, Nick. And uh, yeah, yeah, looking forward to, uh, to roasting you when the season ends. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm sorry to cut you off here. I caught, I caught a stray by Jesse, but I definitely feel like there is like plenty of people. I mean, I guess it depends. Is this, is this in NFL stats? 
or is it going to be fantasy points? Because I definitely feel like people like Jahan Dotson and Drake London could push him on touchdowns, but not they might not get the yardage that Sky Moore might get. Fantasy. Just fantasy? Okay, I was going to say with Jahan Dotson's I mean, touchdown both. numbers. Ooh. Both. Yeah, that's, that's understandable. I mean, I like it, but I feel like there's a lot of receiver to or people going into their sophomore year here ready to pop off. Yeah, I mean, I I agree. It's a it's a pretty good class, and like Jesse, as far as Kadarius Tony, get him on the field, then we can talk. All right, but uh, your take this was hot takes. <laughs> you threw in like a marshmallow that's on fire, dude. This is like no chance, no chance. <laughs> Never mind. There's just this is out there. This is crazy talk. All right, all right. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I mean with Kadarius Tony, like. He's going to come back at some point, but it's just like that guy has not proven, one, that he can stay healthy. I mean, then that's the obvious one. But two is that he can be a reliable contributor on an offense. Like he has those flash plays where he'll make some sick jukes or he'll like make a nice catch downfield. But it's just like he has not proven that he can run routes, that he can be a guy that a quarterback can rely on. It's just last year he played the whole second half of the season just like Sky Moore did. And Kadarius Tony's snap share did not increase. He still had those same gadget plays that he has as the Giants. It's just like, at one point, do we just realize that he's just a gadget player? And, and that's okay, because I think he's a good gadget player, and he can be a reliable player for that offense, and I think he's a guy that they're going to use when he's healthy. But I just think a wide receiver one, I just don't see that out of Tony. And I, another I'm, thing... I'm, I'm, oh, sorry. No, I, I'm just trying to remember quickly, like, who's a receiver that the first couple of years everyone hated on called him a gadget player is he still in the league Tyreek Hill is he still around or, or anything like that I don't did he end up being being okay who was his quarterback by the way who was that I'm trying I to mean, remember Tyreek Hill's stats the first few years were a lot better than Kadarius Tony's then that's that's a fact right there but regardless I think like with Sky, I think the biggest thing is I, I think he's got the trust of Mahomes. And I think he's got the trust of the coaching staff. And I think in year two, like with Tony out, and it's just like MVF, we kind of know what he is. Uh, Justin Watson, we know what he is. I mean, Rasheed Rice, maybe, but he had drop issues. Justin Ross, I think he can be good. And I think he's going to be a guy that like, if he can stay healthy, like he could be reliable and he's going to have like use in the offense. But I think Sky is a guy that just, like since he's got the trust, like, and he starts making plays, like Mahomes is just going to keep looking his way. And that's how I could see him being the wide receiver two out of the year two wide receivers. But enough of that, Jesse, let's hear number two. All right. Thanks. Thanks for, for passing it on over to me there. Uh, Kadarius, Tony hater. Um, so uh, my, uh, and yeah, since we are repeating, I do appreciate you repeating kind of a take that me that you know you've you've kind of said on the pod before because I'm going to uh to go down memory lane a little bit as well. Um I've been uh I've been preaching Christian Kirk for a while now. Um, but of course, you know, people just don't don't want to believe the ADP stays the same and everyone still is drafting Calvin Ridley like he's like wide receiver seven or something in the last redraft we did. It was bonkers. I've I've compared him to Tyler Lockett. Um, yeah, I mean, just that that's the take is that uh, Christian Kirk's gonna finish as a wide receiver, top fifteen wide receiver again. Like I'm talking borderline wide receiver one, like right there. So top fifteen, 
wide receiver for, for Christian Kirk. And he's going to beat, if not be even with Calvin Ridley. So I guess it's a two for one there. You get Calvin Ridley's horrible. That's a hot take. And then you get the Christian Kirk. But of course, uh, this isn't anything that, that we haven't heard before. But just want to want to stroll down memory lane a second again. Um, you know, the, the only other people that I've had like this much confidence in that, you know, we need to keep pursuing were Jalen Hurts two years ago and uh, Jordan Love and Christian and uh, Garrett Wilson at the beginning of this offseason. So, you know, just, uh, just throwing it out there. All right. What do you guys think? I'll let Logan start the rebuttal, but uh, Jordan Love has not proven anything yet. All right, Logan. <laughs> yeah, sorry i was just double checking on this nebraska score um <laughs> but basically uh no i completely disagree i think calvin ridley is like a true wide receiver one he's ultimately like super productive every time he plays the game he is a freaking generational quarterback in trevor lawrence who's like god's here i, I kind of wish the tweet that i saw i can't remember when it was it was like a week or two ago where it was calvin ridley running a route right next to Zay Jones and just seeing like the sheer speed and his ability to like slice up a route looks just like how he did whenever he was on the Falcons. And I just feel you like he's not a listener listeners. <laughs> wait, wait, what did you say? I've, uh, I've brought up that video before I predicted that, uh, that there'd be a bunch of Twitter people that would go crazy about some route that he would run in, uh, in training camp. And then of course there was that route that got, <laughs> running and like everyone was going crazy about it so uh yeah yeah well, whatever that's, whatever that's, you tweeter. that's the thing though is like calvin ridley you know obviously had some time off and um you know he might be a little bit you know have some cobwebs to dust off in the first few games but i just feel like having a quarterback like trevor lawrence having more of a passing back like etn and honestly i mean i really like zay jones for his like work ethic and stuff but i mean that's not going to make you a competitor to christian kirk so i feel like calvin ridley is just immediately going to start pressing him for wide receiver one duties and i don't know every time i've watched calvin ridley play i've been genuinely impressed with how fast he is and his catching ability is pretty pretty crazy i don't know that wasn't too much but yeah and i'll i'll kind of add on to that i I actually do think Christian Kirk is a value this year in fantasy. I think everyone's kind of gone on the full Calvin Ridley train and just kind of just brought Christian Kirk down. But I, I think Christian Kirk, Christian Kirk can retain a decent amount of his production, which honestly, I think that's good. And I think that's something you'd like. I, I'll fight against. I don't think Christian Kirk is going to be better than he was last year and finish like in the top 12 to 15 and points per game stats for fantasy. But I like, I do think Calvin Ridley is one that I think initially, like what Logan said, I, I think he's going to struggle like at least a little bit. I mean, it's possible he doesn't, but I think eventually like that guy's going to, he's going to emerge. And I think Trevor, Trevor Lawrence is looking for someone that can be reliable. And I, I think he had Christian Kirk who was decent last year, but I think like just watching the two play, I I prefer Calvin Ridley, and that's just my thoughts. Yeah, yeah, no, hey, I'm glad that you brought that up, though, because two weeks ago, I've been holding the grudge for two weeks. He wanted to say that Cal or that Christian Kirk 
was wide receiver 20 because of points per game rather than total total points. Let me just have this argument right now with uh, with everybody on the pod. So whenever you have draft someone in fantasy football and there's weeks where they have zeros, does that still hurt your fantasy football team? For example, last year, the number one points per game wide receiver was Cooper Cup. Would you have rather had Cooper Cup over Justin Jefferson because Cooper Cup had more points per game? Okay, there we go. All right, I know we have other things to discuss, but uh, go ahead. Go ahead. On to you, Logan. <laughs> I, I, I disagree. Agree with that. <laughs> go ahead, Logan. Well, I feel like, you know, it's a hot take. You kind of got to look at the upside of it, and I feel like Calvin Ridley's been there in the past. I, didn't Christian Kirk, before he got traded, have like an 800-yard season and then get become like the most paid receiver of all time, though? I mean, not saying that takes anything away from his production on the Jaguars. I just feel like, I yeah, no. I mean, he, he follow the money is my was my thought whenever I originally liked Christian Kirk, and this last year he balled out, and everybody still hates on him because of like you said the eight hundred year. So if you look at Tyler Lockett's first two years in the league, very similar. Like every single year, it's like if you look at Tyler Lockett, Lockett versus Christian Kirk, it's like just you just got to replace the the last four years of Tyler like. Literally, you can compare if you look at the yards. It's like, it's kind of crazy. So, yeah, that that's my comparison. That's my take on it. Yeah, no, I like that. That's a hot take. I feel like it's pretty easy to, whenever there's a new receiver on the team, to try to fight him off with your, uh, you know, your guy. But, yeah, I don't know. Christian Kirk's good. I, I don't want to take anything away from him. He's a good receiver. Calvin Ridley is good too. Hopefully they just completely complement each other. Both have great seasons, uh, but not against the Titans. Um, yeah. So I feel like my hot take is uh, my hot take for this uh, upcoming season is going to be shoot. I might do a little bit of a little uh, change here, actually. You know, I originally had one saying Saquon was going to be the number one running back in the league, but I think that, you know, I might switch it here to DeAndre Swift being a top 10 running back in the the league. I think he's going to completely rebound off of his injury-prone years, fitting into a system where Jalen Hurts is, uh, you know, fixing his short-term or his short yardage throws. He's been improving substantially every year in the offseason. I feel like DeAndre Swift, I think with the Eagles, they can realize he's probably not the volume guy they've gotten better about just switching through running backs and Deandre Swift is going to just surge as this amazing passing back that might get like five catches a game and just dominate in fantasy, get top 10. That's my hot take. Logan, I, I pray that your hot take comes, comes to fruition. It'd be great for first of all, I'm an Eagles fan. So that'd be amazing. But also, it would be great for me and Nick's shared team because uh, in our shared league, we, we're starting DeAndre Swift, baby. So I was just and, looking um, over my depth chart with that, too. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I hope this. it comes true. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I'll be 100% honest. I, I don't think it's going to. I don't foresee it. But uh, I do like it's a hot take, taking the upside. I, I see where you're going with it. And, uh, yeah, let's let's hope. I'm not going to talk any – I'm not going to talk it down at all. I'm gonna I'm gonna pray. <laughs> yeah, that no, I, I definitely respect it. To be honest, I I don't agree with it because I, I'm not a believer in DeAndre Swift as a runner. Like that's just something that I I've been skeptical of for a bit now. Like he just he, I just he don't think that out a... before we traded for him too. No, he didn't. <laughs> no, yeah. 
I, I, I thought we were in a better position to win, and that, that was proven wrong. But that's that's okay. You win some, you lose some. But I I do think Swift can be a good passing back in Philly. I like the thing I've seen a lot is that Jalen Hurts does not throw to his running backs a lot. But I think a lot of that is he doesn't have a running back that has the receiving like acumen that DeAndre Swift has like Miles Sanders, like they tried it out with him, but he, he started really struggling as a receiver. And it's just like, get hurts a, a running back that is reliable in the pass game and can make plays. Like, I think he's going to, they're going to utilize that. Like they'd be stupid not to. And like, I, I have another, t- like it's a part of one of my takes like with the Eagles offense is that they have a lot of weapons to feed and like as far as the rushing game with the Eagles I don't know what they're going to do Penny was like in the preseason he looked a little shaky like he looked like he'd lost a little juice but I don't know what's going to happen with that I I thought Jonathan Taylor made a lot of sense for the Eagles just with the way their offense is going but I mean Swift is going to have an opportunity and if he can produce with the running game I mean I suppose it's possible like they have an efficient running offense and it's just like if they have open running lanes like Swift can find those he's fast he has breakaway potential to where it's just like is it possible yes it is do do I believe it no because I'm not a huge believer in Swift but I don't know yeah, no, I think that's completely valid. I, I, I wish I would have done a little bit more research before just shifting to that one real quick. But I definitely think I, I hate how it, you know, it all just goes full circle to Kadarius Tony. I was just looking at the offensive coordinator for the Eagles. He was indeed the offensive coordinator for Florida. And um, yeah, I was just, you know, I was trying to look for any evidence to try to piece, uh, you know, a little bit more receptions for um DeAndre Swift and it looks like um Damian Pierce had a mere 17 receptions for 156 yards but you know maybe he's just not the receiving back DeAndre Swift will be this next season. Yeah, I don't think he is. And another thing is their head coach was Dan Mullen who was probably calling the plays on that team which has me a little nervous. Like that's my like thoughts on the Eagles offense and why I could see it regress. It's just like, they're relying on an offensive coordinator. That's probably never called plays like at least consistently. And it's just Shane Steichen. I think is a really good play caller. And I'm, I'm interested to see like what Brian Johnson's about. And I think it could be a bit of a work in progress. It could be like Calvin Ridley, like a ramp up throughout the season, but I don't know. I'm interested. I think that you, just like always, Nick, don't have enough confidence in Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts will handle it. He'll become the play caller if he has to, all right? <laughs> there is no problems with the Eagles' offense. Jalen Hurts, you know what he's doing right now? I guarantee he's watching film somewhere. It's freaking in the East Coast. It's it's 11 o'clock at night. Man's up watching film. He's going to be up at 4 a.m. for a workout. That's my man, Jalen Hurts. Let's go. <laughs> but, yeah, anyway. Um. Yeah, you just don't have enough confidence in Jalen Hurts. Yeah, I I saw something recently that Jalen Hurts had the most efficient rushing season in over twenty seasons last year, and the Eagles had the best red zone success rate in the past twenty years last season. And I think that's going to dip back a bit. 
And like that's that's my biggest thing with the Eagles. I, I think Jalen Hurts is going to be good. I think the Eagles are going to be good. They have a lot of talent. I just think their efficiency is going to drop a little bit. I mean, it's inevitable. It's inevitable. Nick, you know I mean, what I'm going to say? You know what, what? I'm going to say? You, you thought that Jalen Hurts was going to get benched to Gardner Minshew last year. What you talking about, man? You, get out of here with your hating on the Eagles, bro. Come on. Oh, man. <laughs> All right, that's that was a beat writer's report in which I said, but I, I know, I know, I know. People love Gardner Minshew for what he looks like on the field, but he doesn't lead to a lot of production and but... off the field. You got to give him credit with his, uh, you know, kind of Joe Dirt kind of persona. No, ab- absolutely. Got to talk back again. Um, had to start a new link again, but I'll go ahead and start with another one. This one is the following players will finish outside of the top 24 fantasy wide receivers. And yes, Jesse, I'll say it in points per game. And that is Michael Pittman Jr., Devontae Smith. Christian Watson and Jerry Judy. All those players, yeah, are going to finish outside the top 24. And I'll I'll go ahead and list the reasons. Michael Pittman, I'm not a believer in Anthony Richardson as a passer. I don't think he's going to get as many targets as last year. I don't think they're going to pass as much. And I don't think his targets are going to be there. He's going to catch as many as he has in the past. I think he's going to be maybe a big place threat. He's going to have a couple big games, but that's about it. And I think you're going to be disappointed with him. Devontae Smith, we already talked about it. They have DeAndre Swift, who is probably going to get more targets than a running back has before in their offense. A.J. Brown's going to get a lot of targets. Dallas Goddard is going to get his targets. Then there's Devontae Smith, who's the wide receiver too. I mean, in terms of targets... Like, he might be behind A.J. Brown, but it's just like, I just think he's going to be a guy that's not going to have as many targets, and they're not going to be as efficient as an offense, like I've said that before, as last season, to where it's just like Devontae Smith, I don't think is going to live up to his last year's, like, what he did last season. And that's because of, like, just their changes with their offense, and it's just like, A.J. Brown's going to be their wide receiver one. I think Dallas Goddard, like, he's... I mean, I hopefully he doesn't miss as many games as he did last year because that allowed Devontae Smith to elevate to the where he finished last season. And, yeah, DeAndre Swift, if they pass him the ball a lot, and we know they're going to run the ball a lot, and Jalen Hurts is going to run in the red zone to where it's just the touchdowns are probably going to be lower, to where it's just like I, someone's going to finish lower, and I think it's Devontae Smith. And the other ones are Christian Watson, I think with the Packers offense, based on everything I've seen, Romeo Dobbs is going to lead them in targets. And Christian Watson last season was very efficient with Aaron Rodgers. Like he caught six touchdowns in what, four or five games? That's not going to happen again. I I think he's got some upside, but I think he's got some work to be done as a wide receiver. And I don't think 
Jordan Love is going to be as great as a passer as Aaron Rodgers was. And I think Christian Watson, if you're banking on him being some upside wide receiver one, wide receiver two, I don't think it's going to happen. The other one is Jerry Judy. He's going to miss some games based on what I've seen. He could be anywhere from the first two, three games to up to six. And regardless, they're going to run the ball. Like the Broncos, like everything I've seen, they're going to run and they're going to throw to their running backs a lot and they're going to use their tight ends. Jerry Judy's probably going to be their wide receiver one when he's healthy, but it's just like, what kind of volume is he going to get? And it's just, is he going to be a guy that's just going to be making six targets and putting in 80 yards and a touchdown every game? I, I don't see that happening. I think he's going to have some duds. I don't see him finishing as wide top 24 wide receiver. The thing is to me with Jerry Judy is that, uh, I did like that you added points per game in there because, yeah, I mean, of course, you know, the top 12 wide receiver on the season probably isn't, isn't as um, foreseeable future here. I mean, he, we do only know, you know, he isn't on, on NIR. So we don't really know exactly how long he is going to be out. He could be back, you know, I mean, week two for all we know. Um, and then I think there is a possibility that you're wrong on that. Um, with uh, Christian Watson, I completely agree. Um, not because Jordan Love, I don't think that he is going to, you know, be better than, of course, what everyone was expecting at least, you know, a couple months ago. But uh, I, I just, I don't think I believe that much in Christian Watson. I still believe in Jordan Love. Um, I think that you know he'll be able to spread the ball around. Uh, obviously, you know Romeo Dobbs has been missing practice, but they still have Jaden Reed, who it seems like he's been uh, been filling the role really good. So. Uh, he's going to have a few different targets, you know. I mean, they aren't going to be big names going into the season, but, you know, by the end of the season, there's a chance that they are. But at the end of the day, I mean, yeah, the only real reason why you would think that Watson would end up being anything too special would be because, you know, no other targets. And then with Devontae Smith, I see your point a little bit about somebody's probably got to get a little bit less efficient. Like, you know, I mean, it, it was just a, an amazing year that they had last year. The only thing that uh, that I wonder, though, is because I, I know I personally don't know how much I believe that the Eagles' defense is going to be worse, but I know that you said that you think the Eagles' defense is going to be worse. So that would mean that the Eagles might actually have to, you know, play into the fourth quarter, and then everyone might actually still be able to, to elevate or, uh, you know, the receiver's – tight ends do a little bit better than uh than you know of course the running backs but um yeah I don't know I mean I think with with Devontae Smith I still think everyone says you know because of the historic season that they had last year I mean the inefficiency things like that that the Eagles can't you know repeat the things that they did but like I said they didn't play the fourth quarter for a majority of games I know I was watching it and I had all their players on my fantasy teams and every I always needed them to play in the fourth quarter so I mean I'm telling you they weren't playing that often. And, um, yeah, yeah, I just I, – I think that if the Eagles' defense is um, worse, that there's a chance that the Eagles' uh, offensive players are still able to put up as good of points. So, Yeah, is there a rebuttal for any of that, Nick, or should I go? Go ahead. All right. Yeah, so, I mean, honestly, I feel like I don't really have any – problems with a lot of them minus Devonte smith i mean i feel like jerry judy is going to be a healthy scratch after uh I, th I think the last time i saw is he's going to be out for four weeks so i mean it'd be awesome if he would stay healthy but i just at this point of his career i just really can't see it michael Pittman's kind of in a horrible spot 
with Anthony Richardson being announced the week one starter. So, I mean, that one's tough. Um, Christian Watson, I don't know what it is. I've always had like kind of a vendetta against him. Anytime he was scoring one of those deep over the middle, like he was, he was running those like cross field, 20 yard slants across the field. And he scored like an 80 yard. I think it was like a 70 or 80 yard touchdown. You know, everyone was praising him that he's going to be the next receiver, but I honestly just can't see it. He's really, he just can't get enough separation unless it's like kind of a pick play or some sort of slant play that he's crossing over, like someone trying to play man on him. I just don't think Jordan Love will give him, give him the ball like Aaron Rodgers was. But I do also have a problem with Devontae Smith, like you were saying, or like Jesse was saying. Um, so I think one notable thing is like what you were saying two weeks in the last podcast is why you thought Gabe Davis was going to be a breakout player is because his targets were always there. And I think the crazy thing is, is two years ago, Jalen Hurts was a perfect, you know, developing quarterback. He didn't really know his, you know, he wasn't perfect by any means, but in Devontae Smith's rookie year, he got 101 targets, 64 receptions. And then following that, they improved the roster by getting A.J. Brown, and he still had 132 targets with 95 receptions. I think he's what Gabe Davis wants to be. But obviously it looks like Devontae Smith's, you know, hauling through. And honestly, I think I think it's pretty cool to look. I mean, this PFF stuff, I mean, it was a great recommendation, Nick. Just looking at some of these stats is really cool with Devontae Smith because it looks like he was thrown 19 screen passes. He had zero drops and looked like he was super efficient on them. But I think the even crazier thing is, is he by no means was catching. And he, I mean, he's not like being forced to be some deep threat. He's got these like high percentage routes in between zero and 20 yards where it looks like he's just executing and kind of just popping off. And I think that it would be hard to say that he's going to digress like a ton because his routes look like they're just super efficient. But I mean, I don't know if you have anything to rebuttal with on that. Yeah, I I think the biggest difference between Gabe Davis and Devontae Smith is Gabe Davis plays on the Bills, and they, they're they going to throw the ball more than the Eagles. Like, the Eagles are committed to running the football. And it's just like ever since Nick Sirianni gave the play calling up, to Shane Steichen, it's just like they converted to more of a running offense. And Gabe Davis is a guy on a on an offense that's committed to passing the ball. Like they say James Cook is going to be some running great player, but I, I don't see it. I think they're going to throw the ball a lot. And Gabe Davis got named the captain today. Like he's their wide receiver too. They didn't upgrade. They got Dalton Kincaid, and maybe he's good. But it's just like Gabe Davis is still going to be there, whereas the Eagles, like – they have A.J. Brown, who was there with Devontae Smith, played the full season. But it's just Dallas Goddard did not. And Devontae Smith really did well when Goddard was out. And it's just like if Goddard or A.J. Brown miss games, yeah, Devontae Smith's going to be very good. But it's just like also there's Devon, or there's DeAndre Swift, who is just like if he starts getting more targets, like that's going to come away from someone. And I think Smith is going to lose some of those. And that's – that's my biggest difference between those two is I th- I think Smith is just going to lose targets. Like that's the biggest thing. And they're, they're committing to running the ball. They're, they're going to run the ball. 
And it's just like, if their offense isn't as efficient, I do think their defense is going to be worse. Like, I think that's a thing and they're going to play more in the fourth, but it's just who's saying their offense is going to be as efficient. I just don't see it, but you never know. I mean, I think Devontae Smith is a very good player. I just like in a run happy offense, which has so many targets, like someone's going to lose out. And I think they're all maybe going to some, but I think Devontae Smith as the wide receiver too might lose a little more than the others. Shoot. I was going to just pop in here real quick. I, I, I do wonder though, do you think the Philadelphia Eagles are flexible enough to shift off a run heavy offense? I do, but I don't think like Jesse's going to hate me for this, but I just don't <laughs> think it's beneficial for him. They did that when Sirianni first got there. They had a pass-happy offense. They started the season two and four, where Hertz was throwing the ball close to 40 times a game, and they were struggling. Like, their offense wasn't as good. But they have a great offensive line that's really good at run blocking, and that's just once they transition to the run-happy offense, that's where they got good. And their offense got efficient. They are able to mix in. Jalen Hurts is a great deep ball thrower. They got, and then he struggled throwing over the middle. They got A.J. Brown, who's the best over-the-middle player in the league, and that changed that. And it's just like, I think they're an offense that's that they're geared to run the ball, and they have the offensive line to do it. But it's just like, they were healthy, very healthy last season. And like, if they start getting some injuries on offense, like maybe they start leaning more on the pass. But I, I'm one, I don't know how that's going to go. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I could have very simply put it as, you know, the difference between Gabe Davis and Devontae Smith to Nick is that the, Gabe Davis is the wide receiver two of uh, Jalen or <laughs> Josh Allen and uh, Devontae Smith is the wide receiver two of Jalen Hurts and he hates Jalen Hurts. So, uh, I mean, yeah, there it is. Yeah, I was going to – sorry to butt in here. I, I was going to say I feel like I just used that comparison mainly because Devontae Smith is getting those targets that Gabe Davis is, but he's just – I mean, Gabe Davis is getting those, like, deep ones that are kind of kind of bad. But I was just trying to bring it into perspective on just getting that target share, which is insane for Devontae Smith. Yeah, it's just Devontae Smith has been able to actually do things with it, so I get it. Yeah, <laughs> I I don't disagree, but like the Eagles have Dallas Goddard, they now have DeAndre Swift, like they have other guys that are pretty good. The Bills are very concentrated on Diggs, and then there's Gabe Davis. Like that's my biggest thing is like he's a guy that Josh Allen's relied on. They've thrown the ball a lot, and they just named him the captain. He's gonna start. They didn't add anybody. Like maybe Kincaid stands out, but it's just like I think. Josh Allen's just going to keep relying on him, and maybe he gets more efficient. I don't know. I like how it wasn't even a take that you had. We're still roasting. <laughs> We're just roasting <laughs> you know, from two weeks yeah, ago. Sorry, sorry, Nick, to bring up. <laughs> <laughs> no, all, all good. Like, do you guys have any other ones, Logan? I think he's yeah. My... So I've so I've been shifting. You know, just trying to formulate some some sort of hot take that might get people going. You know, originally I thought maybe Chargers winning the division, Saquon Barkley being the number one running back. But I honestly, I feel like after the last few minutes, you know, we took our break in the middle of the podcast, and I think I've got a new idea that Derrick Henry is going to be the number one 
running back in the league with in a PPR league too, not even a standard league, because I think it's pretty insane. The Titans went out, they got DeAndre Hopkins. And I just think that if DeAndre Hopkins, Traylon Burks, they stay healthy as well as Ryan Tannehill, it doesn't matter, you know, maybe DeAndre Hopkins gets 1,000 yards, Traylon Burks gets 800 yards. As long as Ryan Tannehill can get 3,000-plus passing yards, it will open up the door for, you know, Derrick Henry to just go back to his old ways where they're not just stacking the box against him. And I think the craziest thing about Derrick Henry is that the older he's gotten, he's gotten way more efficient in catching screen passes as well. So he's getting more receptions every year. And if that second receiver can stay healthy as well as Ryan Tannehill, I think it just completely opens the door for Derrick Henry to just completely beast with like 1,500 rushing yards and hopefully like 300 to 400 receiving yards. So that's my hot take on that one. I personally, yeah, I love it. I, (laughs) I don't know. I, I'm one, I've said it. I said it two years ago. I, I think Derrick Henry is now 29 years old. A lot of people are scared of it. I personally think Derrick Henry, the, what I said then is Derrick Henry is the LeBron of football. Everyone's like, oh, he's getting older. He's going to get hurt. Something's going to happen. Like, maybe it just won't happen with Derrick Henry. Like, this dude just continues to produce. And it's just like we're always like, oh, well, they got Tasha Spears. Like, Derrick Henry's going to fall off. Like, Derrick Henry's getting older. Like, Hassan Haskins is going to do it. Like, they're going to start passing the ball more. Just like, maybe it's just Derrick Henry's just really good. We need to enjoy the fact that he's just going to keep producing. And I I like the take. I think Derrick Henry is a really good player, and I think he's going to produce. Like, if, they're off, if their passing game is going, like, Derrick Henry is going to be rolling. And I'm excited to see it. Yeah, I did want to, sorry, one second, Jesse here. I I did want to just jump in and also just say that the craziest thing about Derrick Henry is him not playing those first two years and just being able to sit behind DeMarco Murray. I feel like lengthened his career in the long run because, you know, he just got to sit back and learn, learn the system, take less hits. And I feel like it just optimized him and led to a longer career. All right. Sorry about that, Jesse. No, no, you're good. You're good. I mean, I was just going to say what everybody would pretty much say about it. I think the only thing that holds up anybody from getting Derrick Henry is his age. And, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, you guys are exactly right. Travis Kelsey, I mean, he's like freaking 34 out there. I mean, he's still still doing his thing. And it's gotten to the point where we don't even, you know, we don't even fade it because of age. And, uh, you know, I mean, of course, the position matters. And, you know, there's more wear and tear at the running back position. And those guys, you know, don't have quite as long as careers uh, as tight ends. But, we're seeing, you know, just like the the way that, you know, players are able to take care of their bodies is different than, you know, ever before. And, yeah, there's exactly like Nick said, too. I mean, there's just like some genetic people out there that are just born to do this thing, and they're going to do it for a long time, just the way, way it works. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't hate it at all. And I was just going to pop back in here just because, you know, Titans are my team, so I have to – I mean, I wasn't always the biggest Derrick Henry lover in the beginning just because DeMarco Murray was just kind of one of those revolutionary passing backs. It was so much fun to watch. I feel like the craziest thing about Derrick Henry is he has somehow been able to avoid like serious injuries. Yeah, he had the foot injury. Not really seeing any tears, knock on wood. But 
honestly, I just think that there, there are just certain running backs that can hit that age of 30. I mean, I, I remember it was like a year ago. It was like TikTok analysts or whatever you want to call them were saying that the age that running backs are going to start digressing is age 28. It's like Derrick Henry's past that. As long as he can stay healthy, I mean, they don't have the offensive line that they once did, but his increase in receptions every year that he's gotten older is going to start shining soon. And I definitely think if everyone can stay healthy, this is the year that he just completely breaks out, especially with his touchdown numbers. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm personally a pretty big fan. And Jesse... Jesse said he didn't have any more, so I'll I'll throw out my last two here, like together. They are Amon Ross St. Brown. I talked about him last week. I think he's gonna finish wide receiver one on the season. And like the previous guys that have just gone off, like there's there's Jamar Chaser, Justin Jefferson. They're gonna be really tough to top. And I'll be I'll be honest with that. But Justin Jefferson just got Jordan Addison. Jamar Chase has T. Higgins. Like, they both have, like, offenses that should be pretty good, like, outside of those guys. Whereas the Lions, like, like they have Amon Ross St. Brown. And what other wide receivers? Marvin Jones? Like, Jameson, who's going to play until week seven? But it's just like, I mean, he's going to be a deep threat guy. He might not be more than that. But it's just like, Amon Ross could be a guy that, like, with – the Rams with Cooper Cup, it's just like they realize, you know what? Cooper Cup's a pretty good slot receiver. Like, let's just throw him the ball. Like, that's how our offense does well. It's just like, who's to say the Lions don't just do that? Just lean into Amon Ra. Just like give him 10 to 12 catches a game and just let him work. Like, if he gets 10 touchdowns and gets more catches, like, what if he gets 20 more catches than last year? Like, this guy could be. Yeah, wide receiver one. Like, I don't think it's that crazy. Like, I think Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson are going to be great regardless. Like, they have second guys that are going to be good. But it's just like those guys could eat enough to where Amon Ra, like, if he's a little more efficient, if his A dot improves, like, if he gets a little better after the catch, which he's not going to be great after the catch, but if he gets a little better and if he gets more touchdowns, like, I don't think it's out of the ordinary, like, that he could finish wide receiver one. Like, I think. Like yes, it's a it's a hot take, bold prediction, but like I don't think it's crazy when looking at the previous guys that have just kind of came out of nowhere, and it's just like those guys are just the offense just really leans on, and I could see that with the Lions, and the other one is like and then I'll let you guys respond is I think Nico Collins is going to be a top twenty four wide receiver. I'm a Michigan fan, so I I'm biased towards Nico. I liked him coming out. Um, but he's got the opportunity this year. I like CJ Stroud as a passer. I think he's his accuracy, like the way his ball placement is one of the best I've seen in a prospect. Like Joe Burrow is very good at it, but I think CJ Stroud can be up there. Like he just has great ball placement and in preseason, he's leaned on Nico. And I think Nico's the kind of guy that can help bridge the quarterback like CJ Stroud into the league. And I, I like Nico's potential this season. I mean, he, I don't think he's ever going to be a star just because he's not the elite athlete, but he's a guy that can make a rookie quarterback, like, can be his best friend. He can be a guy that, like, he's looking for all the time, gets quite a bit of targets, and can make plays down the field. Yeah, Nico Collins, top 24. Amon Ra, 
Wide receiver one. I actually like the Amonra pick um, for all the reasons that you pointed out. And uh, as far as Nico Collins, man, I mean, dude, watching C.J. Stroud, like exactly like you're saying, the ball placement on in the dude, it was a thing of beauty to watch him play quarterback. Like him and Bryce Young, I mean, they both like really, really. I mean, of course, you know they're playing against twos and stuff like that, but like, my goodness, they, uh, yeah, they they're uh, they're on another level. I mean, they 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 surprise me, especially like you said, C.J. Stroud. I mean, I can't argue with it. You know, I mean, he he looked really good if he plays like he did in the preseason. Um, I could I could see Nico Collins, you know, finishing up there. So, um, yeah, yeah, can't can't give you much slack about either of those two, especially for hot takes. I think they're pretty likely. Yeah, no, I definitely like that Amon Ra one a ton. I feel like he doesn't really have any competition on the team at all. I've started to really like Jared Goff in their system. I, you know, was a little bit skeptical of him coming from the Rams. But I definitely feel like, you know, he really doesn't have anyone to compete with. We got deep targets. Maybe Jameer Gibbs eats into it a little bit. Don't think that's going to be a problem, though. And I think he had like two or three off games last year where it kind of destroyed him fantasy-wise against like the Patriots or someone where he had like no yards. And I definitely think that's not going to happen. He's just going to keep getting better with every year. And um, honestly, you know, he remembers every name in the draft that was picked before him. So everyone knows that he's just going to remember that and keep getting better over this, over this next year. But with Nico Collins, the one thing I'm worried about is it's Nico Collins, you know, didn't get a great education. Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> but the one problem I have with Nico Collins is CJ Stroud being able to sustain any pressure in the pocket. Will he be able to stand in the pocket? Will he be able to navigate the pocket? Will he be able to get the ball out in time? Is Nico Collins going to be the deep target, you know, all the time? Is he going to get different routes than he normally does? Or is CJ Stroud not going to have enough time to get it to him? You know, I haven't really looked into the Texans line or anything, but it definitely looked like watching Davis Mills or, you know, the legendary Kyle Allen last year. I think that was last year when he randomly got put in. But I, I just feel like with CJ Stroud, I if he can sustain pressure, yeah, I could see Nico Collins being a top 24 receivers. But I, I, I feel like it's more on Stroud than it is on Nico just being a standout receiver. Yeah, I agree with that. And I'll, I'll touch on the Amon Rob part first here. Um, when your top target competition is two rookies, Jameer Gibbs and Sam Laporta, like I like my chances on the veteran to produce. And I, I think he's just a guy that Jared Goff, like let's be honest, like he kind of is what he is. He loves throwing underneath. Like he he doesn't challenge downfield that much. And it's just Amon Ra's a guy, plays in the slot. Like he's going to keep racking up those targets, getting those catches to where I, that's where I could see. Like I think Jameer Gibbs is going to perform. Like he was drafted in the first round of running back. He's pretty good as a receiver. I don't think he's a super runner. Like I've said that before, but I, and then there's also Samuel Porta, who's, I think he's got some talent. He's from around our parts, like because we're from Illinois. Like he's, he was a great high school athlete. But I, th I think as a rookie tight end, he's going to 
take a little bit of time to kind of get wor- worked in. And it's just Jared Goff is going to keep relying on Amara. And I, that's something I, I think is going to happen. I like last year, I remember I was on the, the King, like, Amon Ra is going to bust. Like he performed late down the stretch. But then the more I thought about it, I switched right before the season. I was like, you know what? Amon Ra is a guy that's just going to, like, when a quarterback find, falls in love with a player, like they're just going to keep targeting that guy. They're going to keep getting them the ball because, like, they trust them. And that's important. But as far as the Nico Collins, yeah, I, I agree with CJ Stroud. I think the, the transition is going to be difficult. I, I do trust C.J. Stroud's ability to navigate the pocket more than Justin Fields coming out. Like, I'm a big believer in the pressure to sack rate, and C.J. Stroud was better than Fields. But Ohio State's offense has proven to be difficult to transition to the NFL just because they rely a lot on guys getting open downfield, getting open deep, and, like, relying on them getting open. And it's just, like, that's something that's going to be a little bit of a transition but like Stroud's one who I think just has great ball placement. And it's just like he's not gonna be great. And I I agree with that. But it's just like Nico, I think, is gonna be his top target. And it's just like I'm not a huge John Mechie guy. I do like Xavier Hutchinson. I think he's a dark horse player that could maybe be the next Amon Ra like type player who's just like a guy that just racks reception, just like produces in the in the slot. But it's just Dalton Schultz. I don't think he's going to be great. Like um, like Robert Woods. I think he's past his prime. Like Nico's just going to be a guy that C.J. Stroud's going to rely on, and like help transition him in the NFL. And I think he's a good wide receiver that like he's produced when healthy, but he hasn't been healthy for a full season. I think last year a lot of that was like, hey Nico, you got a little banged up. Like we're going for the number one pick. Like you want to sit out the last ten games? Like but when he was healthy last year, he got a good target share, hit a good target per route run, and I I think Nico's bound to break out. And it's just like if he can stay healthy and build that rapport with Stroud, I think he can push for a wide receiver too, like top 24 wide receiver. Yeah, I mean, have you thought about, though, Antoine Green taking any um, targets away from Amon Ra St. Brown? I do not know who that is. <laughs> you don't know about the star wide receiver from North Carolina, 6'2", 199 yeah, I, pounds? <laughs> I might know who he is, but, like, yeah, like, that's that's what we're working with here. Like, we got undrafted guys that are going to be challenging him early in the season with Marvin Jones, who is 33, 34 years old now. Eek. He's chasing that bag. Jesse, if you don't have any more, uh, I think we can go ahead and wrap up today. You can follow me yeah, on Twitter. Yeah, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm good. Sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, you're good. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at ptnick32. Guys, throw out your plugs. Jesse.setzer. Yeah, one second. Here I am uh, trying to navigate. Jesse underscore setzer, actually. Sorry. Good, underscore setzer, and then mine is Pro Talk Logan. Haven't tweeted yet, but you know, it might be on the way here pretty soon. Yeah, gonna be coming in hot pretty soon. But 
yeah, we came in hot with the takes today. Like, hope you guys enjoyed. But until next time, Dino Talk. <laughs>